You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Vocal Report Extra Pod in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. Brett here and this week I'm joined by a couple of individual exiles. One of those is Gary Winters. Gary, how you doing? Yeah, all good down south, Brett. How's it going? It's going very well, thank you very much, mate. Nice to have you on board. Been a little while. Indeed, indeed it has. And we've also joined by, again, one of the uh, one of our old original exile friends. It's uh, Paul Hunter. Paul, how are you? Yeah, really good, Brett. Yeah, nice to nice to be here. You're representing the North East, really, for us uh, that is true. this week, aren't you? Because obviously you've got me and Gary as, as southern as they come. And then, uh, I say, you're, you're there with that, that North East flag. So, yeah, welcome aboard, uh, Paul. Good to have you. Thanks. I better crank up the accent a little bit. That's exactly it. So if you can mention um, pink slices, stotty yeah. cake, um, <laughs> as much as possible, that would be perfect. <laughs> OK, great. So on today's pod, um, we're looking ahead um, to what, fingers crossed, is our last ever League One game. And as well as that, we're going to be casting an eye over our um, who we might be playing in the playoffs so let's get straight into it. This Sunday, 12 o'clock, we are playing Northampton Town. They've just been relegated this Saturday, so they're, they're playing for pride. Gary, in a nutshell, what are you sort of, how are you looking at this game? You know, do you think it's something that we can rest players and relax, or do you want us to be really up in the tempo, getting some momentum and, and really going for the jugular? Yeah, I think you touched on it, Brett, on the intro, that it's going to be a lot more of a relaxed game which I think could suit us to be honest I don't see the importance in the game as such other than to maybe try a couple of players out give some players like Bailey Wright and Denver Hume some more match fitness in terms of the game itself it could be quite entertaining just because again the pressure's off Um, I like a good result running into the playoffs but again it's not essential I just like to get some players in a bit of form or give some players a chance, maybe Maguire, just to build a little bit of form and just have players kind of sharp and ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, so we will get into uh, individual players players shortly. Paul, yourself, would you be looking to rest players this weekend? I say that the actual semis themselves aren't until the, well, depending where we finish, 18th or 19th and then the 21st or 22nd, um, would you look to be like resting any players? Or let's say, would you be looking to play a full-strength team, get the win and uh, go into those playoffs with at least two wins behind us? I don't think I'd be taking any chances with anyone who's uh, a slight doubt for the playoffs. I think we couldn't have really asked for a more ideal game, really, against an opposition that's already been relegated, a team that have only got, as you touched on, personal pride to play for. They'll obviously still want to give a good account of themselves, as every League One team does when... 
Sunderland come to town, but without anything to play for and without that home crowd, making sure that Northampton players are, are really up for it and really mentally engaged, if you will, then I don't think we could have asked for a better final game. I, I, I wouldn't take any risks. I think, yeah, play our strongest possible team to get that win, to carry the momentum into the playoffs. But if anyone's a doubt, then it, it's just not worth the risk of losing them for the first game. No, that's exactly it. So let's actually look at our teams that we're going to be playing. And I know you both sort of um, have got your teams down. I think it's without a shadow of a doubt that Burge is going to be in goal. Um, our defence, though, where there's been so many um, players in, players out. Um, I've never known a team to get so many injuries in, in one sort of position. Um, Conor McLaughlin came back uh, this weekend, um, just gone, played 45 minutes and then came off, which was actually uh, planned before the game. Um, so then it was uh, himself, Wright, 09 and Hume in defence. Gary, with yourself, would you look at changing anything in that? Or do you think really that's a setback for there? You know, three out of four of them are actual defenders. Or would you sort of bring somebody else in just to mix things up and, and try and help us here? Yeah, I think that's where I was going with it on the website. I think Martin had a comment on it and I, I'm kind of in agreement with him and actually Ant as well. They um, mentioned things like maybe play someone like Ollie Younger centre half just again it's a nothing kind of game just give him a chance to be ready um so in that case I'd probably take out 09 just give the lad a rest he I don't think he could prove anything else to us so I'd probably leave him out not right because I still think right I'm hoping it's more a lack of match sharpness than a lack of form but he was he's kind of been getting better so I'd kind of give him another 90 again same with Hume he seems to be just building his way back into kind of 100% match fitness. And then I guess with Conor McLaughlin, depends how he's feeling after the game at the weekend. I'd be inclined to maybe give him 45 if he's feeling all right again and kind of let McFadden loose the other 45. <laughs> I wow. never thought I'd say that. Yeah, but that's that's how a nothing game this is for me. And Paul, what were your sort of thoughts on that then, Bean? So Gary's um, things are sort of bringing younger in into the fold. Would you would you agree with that, or would you so would you keep well, try and keep it settled and try and build some partnerships? Yeah, I can see where Gary and uh, as he touched on Anton and Martin are, are going with that. Personally, I'd lean more towards what Gavin Craig touched on in our latest podcast in terms of allowing O nine and and Bailey Wright to form some some kind of partnership to go into the playoffs with. Uh, I'd lean more towards that camp. They haven't really clicked and to their credit, they haven't had much games to be able to build that partnership. So I think this would be a good opportunity for them to do so. Hume is obviously yeah, uh, a shoe in at left back. I'd actually lean more towards bringing Max Power back to right back. I just think he's got more of a delivery and he offers more from right back, in my opinion, compared to Conor McLaughlin. I'm not sure. I'd give McLaughlin some minutes to build up his match fitness, but... Yeah, I'd lean more towards power from the right back spot for me. But myself, I'd actually, I think I'd probably start with McLaughlin at right back. As, as you touched on there, just just to get in minutes, you know, if it if it's forty five, that's good. If if it's an hour, even better. Um, so this week, I mean, we need, especially in defence, bodies that are capable of playing. You know, so, and it, so it's over what ten days to the first semi anyway. So you know, for my side, I'd be looking to play McLaughlin. I think he's been okay actually this season from like compared to last season. He's Nothing fancy, he just sort of does a job. He's a six or seven out of ten sort of player. Um, but now for me, I, I would, um, you know, I'd be sort of, you know, starting with him. Um, in midfield, we had uh, Scowan and Power 
sort of as, as you know on Saturday. Paul, you touched upon their sort of power maybe going back into defence. Would you look at them bringing in sort of like Ledbetter or Winchester instead of um, power? Yeah, I bring in Winchester personally. I think centre mids is, without being too critical, it's our, our real Achilles heel. None of them are particular dynamic or, or really look to get in behind and run beyond the striker. I, I'd go with Winchester and Scoen just because they're more mobile and dynamic than Ledbitter in power. And I think they're more suited to how we play when we, when we play well and how we play the style of football that Johnson wants us to play. A bit more, you know, in your face, pressing. Uh, the four of them that we've mentioned, just the, I think they've only got like 13 goals between them. Yeah. A few of them, well, most a few of them being penalties from Ledbetter. So there's there's not much there in terms of a goal threat. So you start to think, well, who are the best two in terms of, you know, uh, breaking up possession, distributing the ball? And I, I'd, I'd go with Winchester and Scoen out of the options available. So you're going for uh, Winchester and Scoen. Um, Gary, what would your thoughts then being on the centre of the park? Um, I think for me, I actually prefer power in the centre of the park. I've just seen him right back a few times and he just sometimes just looks a bit lost, like he makes a dart up the wing and then kind of stops and then drifts back again. And I I've always feel like he's not sure positionally whether he should, how far he should go forward or how far he should be back. And In, in his defence, though, he's not, he's not a right back, is he, though? That's, no, that's I, I, to, I totally agree. Um, I think he offers something he's done absolutely brilliantly to cover. But I think given the choice, now we've got, well, hopefully McLaughlin's fit, I'd probably push him into the centre because, as Paul said, I think 13 between, I think Powell's probably got about five of those. So he's got some kind of goal threat. So I'd probably go with him. I'd probably voice the same thing a few times as as Paul said there that I'd have little preference between those four <laughs> in midfield um they are very interchangeable so aren't they without they, they are they're like the same almost the same player I'd just say maybe power runs around a little more or scowan does as well I guess but yeah I, I just don't there's not, nothing that really gets behind a defense for me or really kind of attacks or is really kind of defensive and gets stuck in so yeah, I'd probably play power. Um, then the other position, I guess, I'm just going to pick a name out of the hat and go Winchester just to give him some minutes because Scowan had had some minutes on, on the weekend and was, was fine. So I could see him starting in a playoff game. It's just yeah. I'd try and give Winchester some minutes before we get to the playoffs. Yeah, that makes sense. And then it's in, in front of those two that that's where the big question marks are going to be, really. So you've got, obviously, Maguire back in the goals. Let's start with him first, really, because say because there's that's where I say there's be big questions regarding what what he's going to do on Sunday. So, would you start him? Would you bring him off the bench, um, Paul? What do we what do we do with the King? As he's a, <laughs> I so I hate <laughs> I, that I, nickname, I, by the way. Still, <laughs> yeah, it's enough nickname, but I, I do like Maguire. I, I would hundred percent start him. I, I think uh, if we go back, I always think if we go back two years to the end of that Jack Ross season. It felt like McGeady and Maguire were our two best attacking players in terms of who was most likely to make something happen out yeah. of nothing. And ever since then, nothing for me has really changed. I, in terms of my thinking, I, I still think they are our two best attacking players. I think Jordan Jones has came in uh, and, and done well and looked a threat at times. But I, I really like Maguire. I think he's the perfect playoffs kind of player. He, he gets under the skin of the opposition if there was a crowd, he he would be there winding them up. Uh, and he can get you a goal out of nothing. He's a threat from set pieces. Yeah, he gives the ball away sometimes, but I think that's just the kind of player he is. That that comes with those kind of, you know, maverick type number 10s, right? So, yeah, he's he's an absolute definite starter for myself. Gary, you were nodding ahead like like the uh, Churchill dog just then. 
Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think Maguire's probably given us in this league probably some of the best memories, some of the best moments. Um, I think Gav talked about that as well. For me, obviously, I appreciate that maybe he's not been his best self this season. In equal measure, he's probably not been given ample opportunity to, to impose himself either. And we don't know the reasons behind that. But I think as you saw at the weekend, he still looks hungry. And as Paul said, if there was a man made for the playoffs and he's got I'll support that with what he produced last season in the uh, not last season the season before in the semis um, over two legs against Portsmouth. I think it's clear that he's a match winner, and I think even more so. I think in the Fratton Park leg, the the ball draw, the nil nil, um, he was just chasing down everything, getting involved in anything, getting people's faces. I just think he's perfect for this, and he he needs the minutes to give himself a chance. I can see the argument in terms of does he start or does he come off the bench, but. I think when he starts, he he really he sets the tone in that first ten minutes in terms of this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be winding up the opposition. You don't get that when he comes off the bench. So yeah, I completely agree with Gary there. He he should start for me. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not even suggesting he starts in the playoffs because I'm not sure. I'd like him to have a good game on the weekend. I just think you've got to start him there, and then I guess then it gives you a decision to make for the playoffs. True. That's exactly what I was about to say then, because the big question is. Because also, is he that fit? You know, he's never been the fittest bloke normally anyway. So he's <laughs> he's definitely carrying and cut an extra pounds, I think. Um, but I think... Yeah, he, he's never been the picture of health, has he? No, he hasn't. Um, but as I say, he's got that, that little a little bit of magic that, you know, we, we at times we desperately need. And it's, I think that's one of the... And I really like Lee Johnson, but I think one of the things... Almost like um, Parkinson falling out with McGeady. Mm. Johnson not playing Maguire, especially even when those games sort of against Wigan, when we could have just done with someone coming off the bench who could do something different. It's just a strange thing how he's just let him just sit on the sidelines, not even in the squad some games. But I think you know, he definitely needs to start on um, Sunday. I say more just to get minutes into his legs. Um, and then as Gary says, you know, if he has a great game and then that's a decision that Johnson's got to make, brilliant. I mean, he's one of those players, if he wants it, he really wants it. He's just, he has off games like anyone, I guess, in those kind of attacking flair positions. So I guess that's just part and parcel of the kind of position. So even if he's not that effective on the weekend, I still wouldn't rule him out by any means. Oh, no, and say, in the day, he's one of those players that if he was consistent, he wouldn't be playing in League One for the majority of his career. That's he, very true, He'd yeah. been playing at a high level. We know on his day, he, could be, he should be playing in the Championship sort of thing. But he doesn't do that. 46 games of the season so you know that he is where he is for that that reason but so that's we've both all said that Maguire's going to play who else are we going to play in that it's always like a three isn't it really so Gooch was there um, as like the number 10 v Plymouth excellent game and getting handing all the goals um, and then we had Jordan Jones and Jack Diamond either side getting the nod with McGeady missing out with injury Gary where would you go then for these other sort of two positions I think given how Gooch played, I'm inclined to give him that start again in that same kind of number 10 role just to try and build some momentum there. Um, no one else has maybe claimed that position. I know we've tried O'Brien and I think O'Brien's had enough chances this season that I'm only kind of giving him now a, a supporting role if needed in the playoffs. But I'd, I'd rather give Gooch that role, give him a chance. Hopefully he can put in another good shift and kind of cement his place there. And then who are you going to go with for that um, other one? So you're going to go for uh, Jordan Jones or would you go put, give Jack Diamond another go up there? Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I, I quite like to... I'm going to just side with Diamond. Um, there's no particular reason other than 
just getting him kind of more minutes just because across the season, I think I, I think he deserves more chances. He's been a bit unlucky, if I'm honest. I think there's games where he's probably played quite well and he's either been hauled off or dropped the next game. Yeah. Um, Jones, I feel like we know what he can do. Appreciate maybe he's not as consistent as we would have hoped because there's been a little purple patch he was on um, where he's fantastic and we're all raving about him, but he's gone a little quieter, but then he still pops up with those moments. So he's probably one I'd start in the playoffs mm. but for this weekend I'd, I'd give Diamond that run and then Paul so are you who have you, you got behind the striker then so we've got Maguire and who are your other two going to be yeah I've actually gone for the same as Gary uh, I've gone with Gooch I think you have to play Gooch yeah. based on his performance last week the problem with Gooch and, and, and Diamond to an extent although it's probably a little bit early to say this about him is when they've put in a, a seven and a half eight out of ten performance They've then followed it up with like a, a four or a five the mm-hmm. next week. That, that, that's a problem with the, these players sometimes. But I, I'd go with them two with Jones coming off the bench for whoever's having the least effective game. Nice. So, yeah, I, I'd start with Gooch and, and Diamond. Diamond looked good last week. He's obviously, he's more raw than Jones. Yeah. He doesn't have, as I'd say, genuine quality as Jordan Jones. But, yeah, let, let's give them two a go and, and see what happens. And then... The last position then, so up front, obviously Charlie White didn't play on Saturday. It was precautionary. Um, say it was his brother put that on Twitter. So would you just literally just go for Ross Stewart up front? He scored at the weekend. Deserves that other chance, Paul? Yeah, I'd start Ross Stewart for sure. It wouldn't make sense to drop him after a good display and a, a well-taken goal. I don't think you'd see White scoring that kind of goal no. that Stewart scored no, last not, week. Not the run beforehand. Yeah, not being able to sort of run the line and then have a bit of pace to get away from the defender. Uh, and it's actually a, 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 a decent, although simple enough finish. Uh, I'd like to actually see what Stewart can do with a little bit of a run in the side. It'd be good to see him give Lee Johnson a real selection headache for the playoffs yeah. and even force a situation where he has to start. It sounds a bit bizarre saying that when you've got a 30-goal <laughs> yeah. striker in Wyke, but not to turn this into a Wyke bashing minute or so, <laughs> but we all know how I think Martin wrote in his little synopsis in terms of who he would play, how one-dimensional White can be and how that McGeady to White link-up is becoming potentially a little bit predictable. So, yeah, I'd go with Stewart and and, and take it from there. It would be good as well, just to like, be able to mix it up anyway. So almost so like we've got plan A can be McGeady-White, plan B can be Stewart and something else. So it's so it at least makes us not so one-dimensional. Gary, what were your thoughts on the uh, strike as well? Are you going to go for Stewart as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, similar reasons, to be honest. Um, it feels like we've kind of been found out. Like in, in on paper, we score plenty of goals. It looks like in comparison to other teams around us. But it is really hard to criticise Wyke, and I'm grateful that someone showed up. But I always thought that someone could, whether it's him or even Greg. And that sounds mental, but. <laughs> If they were just given a, a run in the team, just whoever, which one of them, just play them for 10, 12 games and see where where it got us. And it got us in a good position. But we know what he can do, whether he's fit, whether he's not fit. I'd say just leave him out of this one. He's probably going to be plan A. But then again, if Stuart goes and bangs a hat-trick, you just don't know, do you? But it's good to have those options. Yeah, the competition in strikers is not a bad thing, is it? Not at all. So that's just starting 11s. Um, let's have a look at Northampton. We played them at the beginning of January. Now, it was the first game back after COVID. So I don't if you remember, it was an absolutely dull, nil-nil, horrible game. Um, obviously, they've been relegated, as we said. 
Um, their form of the last five games, for what it matters now, is they lost 3-0 um, to Blackpool, which obviously saw them go down. 2-2 with Gillingham. They actually beat Ipswich 3-0, but that was just after a 3-1 loss to Peterborough. And then they drew one all with Bristol Rovers. So, Paul, what are you expecting from them, really? And as I say, are they, they're just playing for pride, surely. Yeah, I think with nothing to play for, it, it, yeah, you would think that would be pretty much it for them. If there was a home crowd there, as I touched on earlier, I feel like it would be a lot different, you know, with Sunderland coming to town. They would have the fans on their back, you know, making sure the defence are, are, you know, mentally tuned in. But I, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, if people are playing for contracts potentially at the end of the season, there's that to think about. But... Um, no, I, it should be a hopefully a comfortable win. They've got their top striker, sorry, their top scorer is a midfielder, Ryan Watson, uh, midfield with 10 goals. And then Sam Hoskins is a striker with 8 in 42. So sort of 2018 sort of Charlie White territory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a funny, it's one of those games, I think, if, if we score an early goal, it, it could break their hearts and, and it could be a bit of a hammering, really. Gary, yourself, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts? My only concern with this one is it could just turn into a bit of an exhibition match of just nothing going on. Um, drab. I would hope not because of what's on the line, particularly for us. Yeah. But then sometimes you see those weird games. I think we did it to Wolves, didn't we, when we were in the championship when yeah. we were down and they'd I think they'd won the league, hadn't yeah, they? And they'd so technically the they'd well, not, didn't they? Yeah, they'd walked that yeah. They were, yeah, class that season, but maybe that's what happens when two teams have not a lot to play for, but I think stop, uh Manager had been sacked by then as well, so I think there was also yeah, a, didn't. strange things happened. We, we saw, but that's when the likes of Barley Mumba came in, wasn't it? At like sixteen right, or yeah. something. It was a yeah, strange old game. Yeah, Paddy McNair had a stormer that day. If I was, it was it three one? I think three one three nil. I can't remember. I don't know, we, we, we back, it was it was uncharacteristically of us that season. Yeah, wasn't we were it? definitely three up. They might have got a consolation, but yeah, something weird was in the air. That, <laughs> so you never know, do you? But hopefully we can beat them. Like you said, I, I guess I'd expect the fact that you've just listed off there that they've lost three nils to Blackpool, three one Peter or is it 3-0 Hull? I know the Ipswich game's in there, but... Yeah, they've let, they've, they've, they've let a lot of goals in. Yeah, the guys around us are all putting three past them, so there's there's the bar. Right, so that's Northampton done and dusted. But this weekend is obviously going to be slightly different. Um, we'll be keeping our eyes on other results going on around us to see who we're getting in the playoffs. Now, with the midweek results, Blackpool have actually leapfrogged us in the third spot. So currently we're fourth... Um, and we will be playing Lincoln. However, there is one of we could be playing one of five teams. So let's have a look at who we're playing. And bizarrely, all the teams that are in the playoffs or could be in the playoffs are actually playing at home this weekend. So Blackpool are playing Bristol Rovers. Um, obviously, Blackpool beating us uh, twice, one nil in April. Um, Lincoln are playing Wimbledon. Um, so we drew one all at home with them, but we did beat them four nil at their place in one of the probably our best performances of the season. Plus, as well, we did beat them on penalties in the semis of the Papa John's. Portsmouth are home to Akron and Stanley. Um, obviously, another great away performance there. So us beat them 2-0 at Fratton Park. But we did lose 3-1 um, in October, which seems a very, very long time ago. Um, that result seems ages. Oxford played Burton. Now, we obviously, we beat, um, beat them 2-0 in our first league win of the season away from home. And pretty much shithoused our way to a 3-1 win on Good Friday. And then Charlton at home uh, to Hull, another recent home defeat, losing 2-1. And we drew 0-0 at the Valley earlier in the season when we had Danny Graham up front. Plus, obviously, it's Charlton and it's the playoffs, which is never a good mix. Um, but that would be the ultimate hoodoo breaker. Um, Paul, out of those five then, who would you fancy playing um, in the playoffs, in the semis? 
And who would you most like to be avoiding? My dream scenario would be to get Lincoln in the semis. So as it stands, keeping that the way it is, I think we'd have a great chance against them. We've beat them, I think, 5-1 over aggregate over the two games. Yep. Obviously, yeah, over aggregate, yeah, the two it is, 5-1, yeah. Doesn't always work out like that, but I'd give us a, I'd give us a good chance to progress to the final. And then if Oxford can sneak into that sixth spot, if they can sneak in ahead of Pompey and then beat Blackpool. <laughs> not, not that I've planned this all through. Um, and then beat Blackpool in their semi, that would be ideal. Blackpool, I wouldn't be too fussed about, but if I could choose, I'd, I'd ideally want to avoid, as they've turned us over twice in quick succession recently, Charlton, I just Charlton's the one for me. I think besides the whole media hysteria that would come with playing Charlton again in the playoffs, i.e. wheeling out Mickey Gray in a suit every 10 minutes, <laughs> I, just, I just don't fancy playing them. Their, their centre-forward bullied us the other week and they seem a lot more physical uh, than us. And I, I just I wouldn't want to go there. Pompey, not too first, but I, I, my gut tells me we're going to play Portsmouth at some point. Yeah. And I think I said in the group chat a couple of weeks ago, I think during a, a real state of cynicism after a, a loss, that we're going to lose to the Cowleys. And I just hope that doesn't come, come to fruition. Yeah, so I'd, I'd really like to avoid Charlton and Pompey for those reasons. I've got a real worry about Oxford, just because I've got a feeling that before the game, Robinson's going to literally put a picture of uh, Max Power sliding along that floor in, in front of the dugout and just pin that on the changing room wall. And going, that's what you've got to beat today. <laughs> um, Gary, who do you fancy then? So who would you, so you like to play and who would you most like to avoid? Um, to be honest, in all of those, out of any of those teams, there seems to be a lot of uh, recent history in some of those. Um, obviously, Blackpool, just that's probably the least of them, but we've lost twice to them recently in a few games. But then, as we've talked about, Portsmouth, We've got the history, also the Cowleys. They're, they're our big rivals, aren't they, Portsmouth? So. Well, they're, a bit, they're our massive rivals. <laughs> it's, massive it's, it's technically a derby game. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Oxford, obviously, after we were a bunch of shithouses, and obviously Stuart Donald's loyalty towards them. Oh, do you know what? I didn't even um, put that into the equation either. I didn't put, I didn't put the Stuart Donald connection to it. To go up. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Charlton as well. I, I'm totally in agreement. I... I guess pinned on the match alone when we lost 2-1 to them. I still think we could have been two or three up if Wyke had his shooting boots on that day. We could have been out of sight before they, they went one up on us. So I feel like on a different day we could have won that game. But I think it's just the hoodoo, just two Wembley wins. If someone could guarantee me that we go and beat them at Wembley, I'd take it out of any of these all day this, long. This is of all seasons where we seem to have been breaking hoodoos every other week. They say there was the Wembley mm. hoodoo... The Fleetwood hoodoo, the you know the Joey Barton hoodoo, the Burton hoodoo. There's all these hoodoos, and I say that would be the the <laughs> ultimate hoodoo breaker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely would. I mean, when you look at it, and you've just pointed out that they're all at home as well. I'd, the way the table is now, with those fixtures you've just rattled off, the table should stay exactly how it is now. But that's never how it works, and I, I guarantee that one of those teams is going to slip up, aren't they? There, there's yeah. no way all four of us are winning games. No, because uh, I was looking at it. So obviously, like Bristol Rovers, uh, Blackpool and us are in the same positions, really, because we've got Bristol Rovers and Northampton who are both relegated. Charlton are at home to Hull, who have already won the league and probably listened to songs from George Honeyman. Um, <laughs> so other than that, I say you can see wins everywhere. Like really, it's I can see it literally falling as as you say, um, Gary. As it is, you know, I think we'll end up playing Lincoln, Blackpool, will play Portsmouth. 
that's my prediction anyway. It's just such an unpredictable league, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's it's really hard to say. There's a reason why these teams are in the playoff is because they're, they're inconsistent. So yeah. it's, it's hard to say this is going to happen, that's going to happen. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We've just got to win our game and then see who we're yeah, playing. It's a, it's a funny one as well, because if you look at all the form of all those sides, they're quite poor. I mean, Blackpool's probably the best, but that's more if you cast the net over the last 10. If you look at the last six, Blackpool's starting to slip a bit. And we've obviously played them twice and given them two wins. But they were drab games. There was nothing going on in those. I, I can't say I'm afraid of them. Obviously, there's that psychological impact of losing to them twice and not scoring, I guess, is more more of the focus. But, I mean, we've been beaten by a great strike in that last one. Was oh, it that, Kai Kai that, banged one? My, my big fear playing Blackpool is having to sit through that first half like we sat through the other week <laughs> when we was at home because mm. it was the worst game of football I've ever seen. Um, and as yeah. you say, it was a wonder strike that, that finished it off and we, we sort of rallied a little bit at the end. But yeah, Blackpool, I don't think, weren't over the two legs or two games, should say, they weren't amazing, were they? So No, and they, they would say the same about us, to be fair. Oh, definitely. But I, I think we're all much of a muchness out of this kind of four that could be in the playoffs. I don't think anyone's going to fear each other and I don't see any reason why they should. There's a possibility fans might be allowed, according to some recent news, I think. Yes, so um, from what 10, I gather, fans. as of the... So the game's on the 18th and 19th. As of the 17th, 10,000 fans, or if the size of the stadium, so for us, 10,000 home fans will be allowed in, which is brilliant, you know. And I think, I think I remember I had somewhere that we've got about 13,000 season ticket holders who have paid for the season and obviously not gone. So I think for the, obviously they've got to, have got to have first shout on getting tickets for it. So it's literally the only fair way of doing it. Um, but yeah, Paul, that... It'd be great to get at least some fans going to see some football this season. Yeah, and no, absolutely. Just thinking about, I'm just thinking if we have to go to, you know, Fratton Park, that could be a disadvantage if they're allowed. You know, it's a tough place to go as it is when you're allowed away fans. So just with a home crowd, but, you know, we could flip that on our head and say, you know, coming to the Stadium of Light, hopefully, although it hasn't been too hard for teams in recent years, could be a lot tougher with, you know, just 10,000 home fans there cheering us on. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this, how it plays out. Uh, we'll see, but gentlemen, that's pretty much us done and dusted then for today. So um, yeah, so what do, what do we think? Let's say Sun Sunday, Gary. What's your uh, what's your prediction going to be then? Based on what the uh, the teams ahead of us have done to to Northampton recently, I'm I'm just going to say that we're going to win three nil. You're going for a three nil, and Paul, what do you fancy? I think Northampton might score, but yeah, I, I fancy us to win comfortably three one. I'm going to go for four nil, and it'd be a definite clean sheet and. Um, Bailey Wright will be the Bailey Wright from the beginning of the season um, and he'll bleach his hair blonde just to prove it so gentlemen we are done um, thank you very much uh, Gary been great having you on board yeah really enjoyed that Brett cheers for having us and uh, likewise Paul we'll say it's really, really good having talking to you again yeah it's been great thanks Brett um, as always you can uh, subscribe on Acast Apple Spotify YouTube or Amazon and join us on Sunday after the game don't forget it's a 12 o'clock kickoff Sunday thanks for listening see you later hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.